0: presented by mark miller subaru on 97.5 and 1280 the zone and the zone sports network happy new year happy new utah car Sense 2020 it is a uh, time for utah car Sense. presented by mark miller subaru i'm austin horton here with jeff miller of mark miller subaru hi jeff What's going on? Happy New Year, sir. Happy
1: New Year. Have you uh, stuck to your resolutions so far? I have worked out three times this year. It's the 4th of January. That's impressive. I, been, I don't <laughs> think I worked out in 2019. At all? I don't know. Maybe a couple times. You look, are you saying, You look like a guy that always works out. I don't. Really? I have good metabolism. Well, I, hate I have you. good metabolism. <laughs> I'm
0: blessed with good genes. And you do drink a lot of water, and yeah. you keep yourself uh, fit in that way, but... So your, your goal is to work out every day? Just be more healthy. Are you aiming for the Kyle Whittingham Not every day. No, record? like
1: three, that counted. I would worked out New Year's Eve too. So three times counting, like after Christmas. And what's a workout? Like 30 ride minutes? a bike for 30 minutes and lift for 30 minutes? Do
0: something for 30 minutes? Yeah, it's usually an hour. Okay. Gotcha. It's hard to wake up in the morning. Yeah, I'm a night workout guy. Yeah, and I if,
1: have a hard time working out at night though because I can't go to sleep. Oh,
0: I, I'm the opposite. It puts you me to sleep. Just yeah. right. Take a shower, go to bed. Uh, Brian Brown is producing for us today Brian, have you uh, stuck to your resolutions thus far? Oh, not hearing you there, Brian Oh, there you go You gotcha Uh, I don't make resolutions, Jeff Is that a bad thing? No Okay I I, I did growing up Just because I was kind of told that that's what you have to do And that's how you do it Usually
1: most people's resolutions last about two weeks Oh, really? Is that what it says? It's like two, three weeks And it's like, eh
0: not I, good. I, I, I don't feel like I need the calendar to change to have to say, okay, now I'm going to get a goal set up. I might have a goal pop up that I want to accomplish midway through the year. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to wait and say, nope, nope, that'll be next year. No, I'm going to do it then. So I, I don't know. That's how I work. I read an article the other day that said that most resolutions and the whole process of setting up a resolution is basically a wasteful endeavor. I, which I wish we could find a way to profit off
1: of it. Oh, there are a lot Can't of people we? that do. There's so many places that are... That
0: well, if you own a gym. Or apps and things like that. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Create your New Year Resolution app.
0: How about your New Year Resolution is to call Utah Carson's every Saturday. There you go. 10 to noon. Enter the contest every exactly. single week. 52 times <laughs> in 2020 right here on Utah Carson's. That sounds like a good plan. We've got so much to talk about. Uh, there is a movie being played out in real life with the former CEO of Nissan that I can't believe I didn't even see the story till Jeff brought it to my attention just moments ago. We got a look back on the year that was 2019 for the industry and uh, some things happening in 2020 already. Uh, including things at Subaru that we got to talk about. But, uh, Jeff, before we go too further, too much further, how did the uh, Share the Love event go for Subaru?
1: Uh, we don't have our, any of our totals yet, but it was a really successful event. It was so much fun. We're really excited to get it all added up and see how much we're going to get to write checks to to all these people.
0: It's great. Uh, I was even seeing a – I saw a commercial for Nate Wade Subaru uh-huh. with the, the Tate family yep. and their Hayes Tough Foundation. Yeah, they, they was did a nice job and... with
1: that. And then um, – Trying to think who Doug Smith did. I think Doug Smith did uh, autism. Foundation. Okay, I'm not sure who Young did, but yeah, yeah. But it's great to see all these nonprofits out there getting a lot of money. It's fun. Uh, I mean, it, between it, all five of the local dealers, you're probably talking to local nonprofits a quarter million dollars. That's amazing. Through this event, at least three hundred thousand dollars. That's, that's I mean, terrific. We'll do over a hundred just us between our two. So probably a quarter million dollars. That's great. Yeah. And you, you went with the Malinois Foundation? Uh-huh. And the Sharing Place. And the Sharing Place. Yeah, so we're excited. We'll do, Late March, I think it's about the 28th, I believe. We'll probably do our radio show on site that day. But yeah, we're going to do the checks and do the Return the Love as well. And we're we inviting people out to that party? Yeah, we'll invite people out. And we we'll also have the people, anyone who bought a car during the event with us is going to be invited back. And if they show up, they'll they will be in the hat to... When three years were the payments so amazing giving away 10 grand to somebody
0: well it's one of my favorite things about Subaru each and every year so good to hear it went well
1: yeah wonderful. Uh,
0: how was 2019 uh, as the industry is
1: concerned? I know Subaru had a really good year so they all the data is not out yet, which is really weird because for some reason Ford decided that they're not going to release their data till Monday why? I don't know. Maybe they have some accountants that need to do some work on it. I don't know.
0: you got to cook those books a little bit, <laughs> yeah, huh?
1: right. But every other car manufacturer in the country has released their data, except for Ford. So, so we don't have full data because we don't have Ford. But for Subaru, Ram, Volkswagen, sales were great. Everybody. So if you look around for the year, I mean, if, so if you just take December out. If we go for the year, we'll do year numbers. Okay. It's so like BMW up 4%, Chrysler as a whole, so with everything, Jeep. Dram Fiat everything was down one percent, so essentially flat. Hmm. Got killed on the Chrysler side, but did awesome on the Ram side.
0: I was getting, so well. Chrysler's
1: down twenty three.
0: Yeah, they, Dodge
1: uh, was down eight, and Ram was up eighteen.
0: The, the Ram being up eighteen uh, makes complete. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. It was Jeep was down five percent. Uh, they rolled
0: out a few. And they new had vehicles. a great
1: year last year. Yeah. I mean, the year before. So it's interesting they were down this year. So a little down from them from the General Motors standpoint. But same idea, kind of flat. 2.3% down. None of their brands were really anything crazy. Chevy was down 3.8%. GMC was up 1.5%. Hmm. Honda, flat, 0.2%. Hmm. They literally sold 600 less cars on 1.6 million. <laughs> so so they, they did what flat. they do, yeah. Honda, yeah. up 4%. Wow. 4.7%. Uh, 32 in the Honda world. Genesis was up a lot, but they only sell 20,000 cars. Yeah, who's going to buy that? Yeah. Kia, 4%. Going down, Mazda down seven percent, little hit there. Um, smart car. I actually saw a smart car driving in here today. Today, <laughs> I saw someone driving a smart car today. Wow, coming off the freeway. Hopefully, the winds aren't right. picking up. They they are down forty six percent. They only sold six hundred and eighty in the country. They're going away. Wow. Um, Nissan had a tough year for Nissan. Oh, bad year for Nissan. 9, 9.9% down. Why is that? 150,000 cars. I don't know on that one. They were down 29% in December. They rolled out their all-wheel drive, Ultimate. Uh-huh. Down 44,000 cars in December. They went from 148,000 cars last December to 104. That's a big drop. Wow. Subaru America set all-time sales record, and they and they hit their target. Their target was seven hundred thousand cars. They sold seven hundred thousand one hundred
0: seventeen cars. <laughs> oh, they went over. They went <laughs> they over. They Went over. It counts. You blew it. <laughs> it
1: counts. So a Two point nine percent increase. So it's their twelfth consecutive. It's their 12th consecutive sales increase. Their eleventh consecutive record.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: So eleven straight. Eleven straight sales records. gains. No, 12 straight sales gains, 11 straight records. Okay. The first sales gain wasn't a record. Gotcha. That it makes, makes sense. sense yeah. it went, so it basically went up, down, up, but didn't get quite to that one before. And then, and then that up is that from back. then. Okay. Yeah. And then see what other ones we got. And
0: that makes sense because Subaru rolled out redesigned Foresters, Outbacks.
1: Tesla Tesla magically sold another 18,600 cars. Right on the number. Who would have thought? <laughs> up 34% for the year. They sold 223,000 cars in the U.S., maybe. They did not. Right? Like, that's the thing. It's like is not that? not that, I don't take this or anything, no one call me and sue me, but isn't that securities fraud?
0: Yeah, it sounds like it to me. If you're just making up numbers. Someone should ask them for proof. If you're
1: just throwing out an estimate. Yeah. Like, I don't get that, but yeah. that's just me. Toyota, uh, as many cars they're selling, they were down just a little, 1.8% down. Sell 2.38 million cars and trucks. Uh, Audi flat. Lamborghini was up 74%. Okay. And they sold eight more cars, than they they? 2,784 cars, okay. actually. <laughs> Porsche was actually up 8%. That's on 60,000 cars for the year. That's not crazy.
0: 5% of that is to the Monson household.
1: <laughs> uh, and then v- VW is up 2.6%. So not huge gains, but not they've leveled the ship, so to speak.
0: Yeah, they've bounced back nicely.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy when you think about... The Subaru world, if you remember when we first started the show, we used to talk about Subaru getting, trying to overtake VW, mm-hmm. just the VW brand. Mm-hmm. Now, Subaru outsells the VW America Group, which includes Audi, Bentley, Lamborghini, Porsche, VW. Wow. They sold 653,000 to Subaru 700. What is this, the fifth year of this show? Sixth? Sixth year. Sixth year now? Wow. Yeah. In that's Vo- insane. Yeah. And in Volvo, in Volvo's last one, up 10%. And so then we'll see what happens with, with Ford, but as an industry... They're showing down point nine percent. So pretty much so, a flat year. Yeah. Mean, it should be close to that seventeen million SARS. It'll be interesting to see where Ford comes in when they finally do it. But they think it's gonna be right around that seventeen million number.
0: What's a good what's a so I hear you say a percentage and you say, well, that's pretty much flat or that's okay like, when it's like down. What's a, what's a bad like number?
1: Inside one percent is pretty much a flat year. I mean that's just rounding error. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, once you start talking down 3%, 4 5%, then you start talking about having down years. So,
0: anything over 3.5%, you are like, ooh, what's going on here? Then you got to start figuring out what's going on, right? Okay. But, when you get to 9% with Nissan.
1: And the hard thing is you, when you really break into these numbers and you look and you see what of its – and that's why things really hurt Nissan is that they're so dependent on fleet. Hmm. That they fleet so many cars to rental car companies and things like that. It just makes a really difficult way to do it.
0: Yeah, that that would be that would make sense because you go to a rental car place and ninety percent of their cars are Nissans and Hyundais.
1: Mm-hmm. An interesting. Yeah, thing. Hyundai was up. So, I mean, one of the big stories out there that they came to think is that the as a, you would assume this, but trans average transaction price was up almost eight hundred dollars from previous year. So cars are getting or two point four percent more expensive this year than last year.
0: Do you think uh, – there, there was a piece from CBS News recently that said, can a middle-class budget buy a new American car? Probably not, is what they concluded. Uh, do you think that that is – they said the Americans were paying about 38% more for a new car or truck over the summer than they were just 10 years ago. 38% more
1: yeah. over I mean, the, 10 years. The average transaction price of a vehicle this year, so in December – was just under thirty six thousand dollars of a new car. Of a new car. Wow. Yeah, that. I mean, you get some of these trucks that are eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars. Sure, and, but that's it's getting high. I mean, it's becoming an issue for the industry, and they're trying to figure out ways to make it more affordable.
0: Well, that's you know, even the the car that we're we're driving. If we weren't leasing it, I'm not sure we could afford what, it. That's but. what
1: happens. Is it's you're getting people leases. The, the average Volkswagen and the Volkswagen group, so that's Porsche and everything. So that changes that, but still forty two thousand. BMW's is fifty seven. Uh, let's look what else we got. So Chrysler's thirty-seven. His average transaction price. Ford. The average transaction price of a Ford is forty-one thousand dollars because of all the trucks now. GM thirty-eight thousand. Honda twenty-nine thousand. Hyundai twenty-five thousand because they just don't have any trucks or expensive models. That's part of the reason they took Genesis out. Kia 24, twenty-four five. Nissan twenty-eight. Subarus thirty because of all the new Ascents. Hmm. Toyota's thirty-four. I mean, it's their cars are getting more expensive.
0: But then you, you do still have the option, like a, the the new Legacy. That's pretty yeah.
1: economical. Totally. That, that's a good affordable. Here's car. the crazy one, though. So the crazy one's incentives. All right. So incentives are actually stayed pretty flat year over year. But the average incentive on a car, so transaction price is good because it tells you what is actually being paid for the car. It's not what sticker prices are. And the crazy thing is to figure out what the average sticker price of a brand is, you got to take the average transaction price and add on the added average incentive. Mm. And some of these incentive numbers are insane. The average incentive on a General Motors vehicle right now is forty-eight hundred dollars. Oh my gosh!
0: Which means when you leave that that lot, your car is forty-eight hundred dollars down.
1: Well, no, it means that you, they're average, but it on means the that, they're av- that they're playing the game. It's like what we talk about: why we do one price, why we do promised prices. We don't want to f- play games with incentives and be like, oh yeah, you're you're getting six thousand dollars off this car. It's like no, you're not. We could have priced the car four thousand dollars cheaper and mm. sold it to you for that, but instead we're gonna say you're getting six grand off. Yay! <laughs> like can you see these used car operations around here? They're like, we'll give you three thousand dollars over Blue Book for your trade-in. It's because they're charging you three thousand dollars too much for the car.
0: <laughs> ah, it's magic! It's magic math, right? But it's how your mind hears right. yeah, it and the receives average, it. The
1: average incentive in the industry in December was thirty nine hundred and forty four dollars. And it's where Subaru has won. It's why Subaru's done so well over the last 10 years. It's why Subaru's gone from 180,000 cars sold in the U.S. in 2009 to 700,000 sold in 2019. Mm. That's crazy in 10 years. That is nuts. And the reason is, average incentive for a Subaru, $1,153. It's
0: That's f- the average, yeah. It's wow. a
1: fourth in wow. the industry. The next closest in the industry is Honda at 2400 Almost double. More than double.
0: More than double, yeah.
1: 1100 to 24. 2369 is the next closest. Wow. Followed by Honda at 2796 and Toyota at 2800. And again,
0: people might still, because our brains are trained to hear, oh, thousands of dollars off, and Subaru's not offering me thousands of dollars off, so it must not be a better deal, but it's that it's that magic trick they're doing yeah, with your it's a mind
1: magic trip, and it's because the,
0: they're devaluing the car.
1: So the problem is, is if, so what happens is if a new Ford model comes out with no incentive money on it, and t- 11 months later, that car's got $5,000 in incentive money on it, how bad does that hurt your residual value? How bad does that mm-hmm. hurt the value of your used car trade-in? It kills it. Mm-hmm. It's the reason, it's without question the reason Subaru's won the ALG Residual Guide Award the last five years. Because by keeping incentive money down and pricing the cars, rather than saying, we're going to price this legacy at $28,000 instead of Mm $25,000, they're going to price at $25,000 and just hold their line. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right? So Subaru could do the same thing and play the game and just say, oh, we're going to raise the the sticker price by three or four grand, and then we'll come out of the gate with a $2,000 incentive, and by the end of the year, it'll be a $6,000 incentive, and make the same amount of money per car. Mm-hmm. But rather than that, by keeping it and not playing the incentive game and fighting the market like that, we keep our cars have value over time.
0: God, it seems so much like a carnival game. Oh, it's without question it is. But
1: <laughs> imagine if you're the guy who bought the car at the beginning of the year versus the guy who bought oh. the car at the end of
0: the year. Oh, really?
1: Seriously? So you're already going to lose the money on a car depreciating as it is, but then take a difference, a transaction price difference of four or $5,000 from the beginning of the year to the end. The average, I, I could look at my promise price, and I really should look at this, but I bet the difference in what you pay for an outback from me the day a 20020 comes out to the day a 2021 comes out, even with the super incentive money, is probably under $3,000. The That's all you would lose over the next that, year? That's what your transaction price difference would be. Between the transaction and between sticker. What, yeah, between what you paid. So if you paid, say you paid $30,000 for an outback right now. To make it easy, yeah. Yeah. What you would pay for it in 11 months for the same car that's on a lot before the next model year comes out? Twenty seven thousand. Because Subaru would put in, Subaru would probably have a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars in incentive money, and we would probably discount it at that point too. Wow! I bet it's under three grand. I mean, I could work the actual numbers, but I bet it's under three grand.
0: Which people might hear? Well, I'm losing three grand. Well, look at that's three grand compared to yeah, what you lose go with like, a go find
1: an F one fifty or something like that, where all of a sudden eight, nine, ten sticker when it first comes out on the model, then. Later that year, it's nine thousand dollars cheaper, plus standard depreciation. I,
0: I saw a Ram advertised recently, fifteen thousand dollars down. Off, off, I mean, yeah. off. not down, but off,
1: fifteen percent off.
0: We'll knock fifteen thousand off. That as a, like, right? why that you're buying metal. <laughs> you not, not buying any. Uh, it's not an investment at that point.
1: Yeah, it's just frustrating.
0: Uh, and then the other thing that happens with the, this uh, these expensive vehicles, people then.
1: Uh, plan these out
0: for seven, eight, nine year loans,
1: I know, and they're I, just
0: trapped.
1: I know. I heard a customer on my showroom floor because my one of the sales desks is right outside my office at Southtown, and so I get to listen to like uh, I listen to them talk about what they're talking. He's like, he's like, okay, yeah, so th- this truck's really going to work. I really want to finance it over seven or eight years. and I only walked down like, no, don't like, don't do, do that. that. Like, it's a used truck. Do not do that. No, I know they'll let you, <laughs> but don't. No, and this is the advice we put people on the show. Five, six years max on a car loan. Seriously, 72 months if you have to. Mm -hmm. But try not to go past 60 or 63 months on a car loan because all you're doing is burying yourself. Well,
0: we we did a a car at 72 months with plans that, oh, we're going to get this money from this in a couple years. We'll pay it off. We'll pay it off. It just didn't happen that way. No. things get in the way. You you have medical things pop up, you have a baby, you 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 have to move and you just you now you're trapped. Uh, we're trapped in one of our vehicles. Yeah. There's nothing we can do about and it.
1: If, and if you need if you need that payment lower, look at leasing. I mean really Which do, is why we came to yeah, you and really really got the, tra- do the look at the, look at the leasing options on it cuz you can cuz I mean you look at it, I mean a 72 month loan on a $20,000 car is a $500 payment. Right. Jeez that same lease on that $20,000 car is like a $300 payment or a $200 payment. Yeah.
0: Like, That's l- it just look makes
1: at, Look at your options. I mean, don't get like we I and mean, we talk about leasing a lot, we probably won't get into it this show, but l- don't be afraid of leasing, but make sure you know what you're doing and make sure you're looking at all the information.
0: Yeah, and be sure you're with someone who you know is not they Doing tr- the you dirty. Trust. Yeah. Uh, it's Utah Carsons presented by Mark Miller Subaru. He's Jeff Miller of Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Austin Horton, and uh, Brian Brown is producing for us today. Our phone number is 855 340 Zone. 855 340 Zone. Call in, share a, a question, a comment, a story with us. And everyone that does that will be entered to win a four-pack of VIP lounge movie passes, courtesy of Mark Miller Subaru and Megaplex Theatres, 855-340-ZONE. We'd love to hear from you. Still to come on the show, we've got to talk about this insane story that's happening with the former CEO of Nissan, uh, seriously, Ben Affleck. Uh, Steven Spielberg, Ron Howard—they're currently all fighting for the rights of this story.
1: And I'm looking at the picture, I'm seeing who should play him. <laughs> uh,
0: I've got an idea for Paul it.
1: Paul Giamatti. Ooh, he might be good. Like you look at it, like look at the he face, might be like good, I yeah. think he'd be really good. He might be. He might work for Gozen. You Ooh, know, when well. he first came out of jail, he hit he disguised himself as a maintenance worker so the press wouldn't see him get out of jail (laughs) and they figured it out they caught him and took pictures of him but this guy is awesome he looks oh who was what is He's like a villain he looks like a bond villain
0: yeah yeah he he kind of does uh who's the guy that played what's that guy's uh uh the guy that played jack monk on uh monk and he was also on uh, oh god why am i not fast
1: and the furious too
0: why am i not placing his name dan hedaya do you know who Dan Hidea is? Dan Hedaya. Google Dan Hidea and tell me he doesn't look like Dan Hidea. H E D A Y A. Dan Hidea.
1: Oh, yeah. I can't give you that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not as well known. He's more of a character actor, no, but he, he looks a lot like him, Dan Hidea. Anyway, we'll tell you that story and-, and more coming up next, right here on Utah CarSense. <laughs> To Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Crazy times to be alive in 2020. It's already the fourth day of the year, and it's already uh, one of the wildest years of my entire life as far as world politics and that is concerned. I
1: wish. Yeah, it's just been a bad it's been a bad 4 days. Tune in for the uh Austin and Jeff political podcast. Yeah, we won't get into any of that, but <laughs> wish safety to all those troops going out there.
0: Absolutely, sure. absolutely. Uh, go go do what you got to do, do your job and uh, get home safely. And that's the best we can say right now. Uh let's talk about this Nissan story because if the political world is crazy, The automobile industry has just been turned on its head because Carlos Gozin. This is the craziest story ever. The former CEO of Nissan has been issued by Interpol a red notice alert, which if you don't know (laughs) what that means, that's reserved for the top five people in the
1: world. Yeah, it's like the FBI's most wanted
0: list. It's shoot on (laughs) sight red notice from Interpol, essentially. Why, Jeff, is Carlos Gozin getting the red notice from Interpol?
1: so goes was so I'll just give you a little background on it. he was first arrested in Tokyo in about 2018 about a year ago when his right when his, his private jet touched down the airport they arrested him right off the plane it was like a bond movie crazy thing right but he faced four charges which he denies all of them including hiding income enriching himself through and enriching himself through payments to dealerships in the Middle East so they're saying that he basically paid dealers in the Middle East to get franchises and stuff like that and basically fraught mm-hmm. And so he was waiting for trial, which was supposed to start early next year. In Japan. In Japan. And he called it a rigged justice system and that they're all out to get him and things like that. And it's all unfair, whatever it is, right? And so he left his Tokyo residence after a private security firm hired by the automaker stopped monitoring him, (laughs) is what their three sources familiar with the matter told Reuters on Friday, and basically skipped country. He had no passport, so somehow got out. It's unclear how Gosin, who holds French, Brazilian, and Lebanese citizenship, was able to orchestrate his departure from Japan. He entered Lebanon legally on a French passport. One source told Reuters. Hmm. Turkish private jet operator MNG, said that Gosin used one of used two of its planes illegally in his escape from Japan. At least two jets on to two different climates and agreements that were seemingly not connected to each other. One played flew to Osaka to Istanbul and the other to Beirut. The name of Mr. Gosun did not appear on the official documentation on its flights. So they say that they report that he slipped out of Japan on a private jet hidden in a bla- large black typically suitcase you typically use to carry audio gear. <laughs> so basically they like put him in like a cello case and right, stuck him on an airplane. That's the initial report said that. Yeah, yeah and there's some Lebanese media is, are floated a Houdini-like account of ghosts being packed in a wooden container for musical instruments after a private concert in his home, but his <laughs> wife has called that account fiction.
0: <laughs> right, uh, instead it says it's more likely he was smuggled onto a private cargo jet in Osaka. Bound for Turkey. Mm -hmm. The Turks aren't happy about this and have arrested four pilots, two ground handlers, and the operations manager of the cargo company for their involvement in the escape. So it looks more like they staged this instrument escape with the band so that he could then slip off onto this There's cargo There's
1: so port. many weird people in this. There's <laughs> so many weird characters all around it. Like, his attorney, the guy Kakashi Takano, who's one of Gosen's lawyers, wrote in his blog on Saturday that he felt infuriated and betrayed when he found out about Gosen's escape from Japan. But he felt some understanding. I was betrayed, but it's not Carlos Gosen who betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> who are these
0: guys? This is unbelievable. When you have enough money... You write your own history as long as you possibly can. Right? And that's what he's doing right now. So he's, he's got citizenship in Lebanon, France, and Brazil, and he's got real close ties to the top head officials of the government in Lebanon. So he's probably in Lebanon, and he has, he has actually issued a statement from Lebanon after the escape, and they're going to protect him as best they can, but now Turkey, Japan... Uh, uh, China, all these different uh, countries are so mad and want him now to the point where Interpol is saying to their agents, when you see him, take him out. (laughs) This guy has got to go underground if he wants to survive, man.
1: The officials are now there saying that he just walked out of his house and the surveillance just missed him. How? That's not possible. There's so many questions. It's crazy. That's not possible. They had that thing
0: on satellite camera. From space, twenty four seven. This sounds like the
1: sequel to Knives Out, <laughs> like another one for uh, Benoit yeah. Blanc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Solve yeah. this mystery. Yeah, this a great. Okay, movie, listen to man, this man. one. So this is an article in Bloomberg, uh, the fourth is that today. Yes. Yeah. So this came out this morning, about an hour ago. That Carlos Gosen shared his secret escape flight from Japan with a pair of Americans who have backgrounds in private security business. One was a former Green Beret who has extensive experience in extracting hostages, but also went to jail for fraud. Oh. The Manifest of the Getaway from Osaka doesn't list Gosen, but includes two passengers named Michael Taylor and George Zytek, according to people familiar with the matter. For Taylor, the episode was la- the latest in a colorful career that began as a special forces paratrooper before he worked undercover for U.S. law enforcement and built a security fo- firm that pursued contracts around the world. He emerges as both an unmurky and unusually public figure who found himself on both sides of the law.
0: So he is Ethan Hawke after he's been burned by the system. Totally. Now doing it privately for high end whoever can pay the, the the fee he doesn't look at the morals of the situation if you pay me enough I'll extract you from your hostage situation this wasn't a hostage this was a prisoner but he doesn't care as long as you as long as that check clears in the Caymans I'll come get you out of the, the Kremlin if I have to this sounds like a movie Jeff
1: oh it's all a movie like this Taylor guy is like a snatch and grab guy like it's right. um, like have you seen like the um,
0: Skyhook hook in Batman <laughs>
1: What's the hmm. Russell Crowe movie with Meg Ryan where he's the private contractor who, like, her husband gets kidnapped in hmm. Columbia or something like that and he goes back? What's that called? Russell
0: Crowe, Meg Ryan? I haven't seen it. Yeah, Master seen it. and Commander. I don't. You've seen it. I don't think I have. Russell Crowe, Meg Ryan. Uh. Uh.
1: What's it called? Um, proof of life. Proof of life. Never even. You've heard never of seen it. Proof of Life. Never you need, heard you of need it. to see Proof of Life. Do I? Go home and watch Proof of Life. It's a good movie. Google didn't even know it. No. <laughs> it's a good it's a good life. Yeah, Proof of Life. And he's and basically Russell Crowe's like a guy who thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. He's like a guy who works for insurance companies <laughs> and like goes and like snatches people out of ransom, like deals with ransom stuff for private corporations. Okay. Like he works for an insurance company. That's a twenty year old movie. Yeah.
0: Wow. This was this was uh, right, of, right there by a uh, gladiator year for uh, yeah. Russell Crowe. So, like, that's who this guy is, this Taylor guy. Proof of life. Okay. I'll have to check it out. It's insane. Uh, and I'm serious. This will be in a movie within the next five years.
1: Oh, this has to be a movie.
0: And, but it's not over. Like, I, I, what, if you were to predict the end of this story, I don't think it ends with everyone staying alive. Truly, I don't. No. Because now, if if there's a private hostage rescuer company who's breaking him out of house arrest in Tokyo, you best believe that there's Interpol and other militaristic police that can take
1: him out just as easily. Right, and you can't imagine Japan's too excited about two Americans coming in and breaking this guy out.
0: Right, that's not going to do well for us either. Be too excited.
1: If you extracted him, wouldn't you just go turn him into the cops now for the reward? Well, I, I'd Like double if, dip a little bit except there?
0: Except I'll bet he has more money than
1: the I award bet he's is. he's got more money than the award. I mean, he, he basically bounced on a $15 million bail. Just said, ha, ah, whatever. Said, we're good. He, uh, uh, What is he worth, by the way?
0: Carlos uh, goes in. Nip.
1: $120 million.
0: Oh, that's it? Okay. what they have him. All right. I guess that's because now it's all taken away from him but yeah i don't know but in lebanon by the way they don't have an extradition treaty with japan so japan can't come to lebanon and say we're taking him back totally lebanon says Why no you're, you're Why not he not in france yeah
1: right because they have a treaty with yeah, france they would say this that little thing called world to, war Two. you have to go arrest him mm-hmm bring it back, and so, yeah, it's crazy Craziness, just insane. It's going to be a good movie someday. It, it will be great. We'll talk about it on the movie show though in, when that happens. In four years,
0: we'll have the movie. <laughs> uh, did you see what happened it, on New Year's Eve in the state of Washington, Jeff? I did not. Near Yakima. Beautiful area. It's not. But it is where a lot of people live. A few people in Washington state spent spent part of their New Year's Eve trapped in their cars after 50 to 60 mile-per-hour winds blew a massive blanket of tumbleweeds onto the highway. And they've got a picture and video here. It is a, it is a, it looks like a haboob, a sandstorm coming their way for, for miles wide of just tumbleweeds, probably 15 feet high and a mile and a half long this big massive amount of tumbleweeds blocked the uh, the free the the highway on both sides both directions took more than 10 hours for each tumbleweed to be removed by hand for these vehicles wow. to become untrapped crazy. and get on with their their day that's crazy now two people became so scared that they fought their, they swam their way out of the tumbleweed <laughs> ocean they were trapped in and hitchhiked and got out of there. So when they got, and they only found this out because when they finally uncovered, there was a car that was empty. They're like, well, where are these people? They and swam through the tumbleweed? That's all they could do, yeah. That's swam through the, They thought they were going to die. Everyone else just was annoyed and sat in the tumbleweeds <laughs> for 10 hours before they got uh, sprung free. But they've officially
1: dubbed it in 2020. That's crazy. It's insanity. Did uh, you hear the other thing happen happened in Washington? On No. Uh, a car story? They changed car seat laws, so this is an interesting thing for parents. So, car seat laws. Do you know what the do you know what the, what the rules on car seats are?
0: Put your kid in a car seat.
1: Okay, but booster seats. <laughs> Talk about booster seats.
0: Uh, five, it's a weight and height thing, isn't it?
1: So, what is Utah? What do you think Utah law is on a booster seat? Uh, I think it's sixty pounds. Nothing to a weight. Oh, hmm. well, I guess I need to be taught then. So, Utah law: children must ride in a booster seat until the age of eight. But it's considered safer to keep eight. Yeah,
0: eight. I didn't ride in the car seat past the age of one.
1: (laughs) Booster seat till eight. Wow. So wait, wait till I tell you what Washington now is. So then, but always the guidelines in the booster seat companies were you want to keep them in a booster seat till they're four feet nine inches. Okay. Which I know adults that aren't four feet nine inches. First of all.
0: Yeah, Tony Parks. Do you have a is Tony in
1: a booster seat? Booster seat with your guy? I don't know. Ouch. He's five foot two. Okay, so ready for this. (laughs) Washington has now passed a state law that children have to stay in a booster seat until they are at least four feet nine inches tall or 13 years (laughs) old.
0: (laughs) (coughs) Right? What are they? So if they're still riding the school bus, they have to take a booster seat with them on the school bus? I don't know. Unbelievable. How embarrassing. (laughs) Ha ha. 13 years old. You're shaving at 13 years old. you shaving, yeah. You have to, shaving, you yeah, have to that be pressure. in a booster seat. <laughs> Maybe you're a short 13-year-old.
1: But it requires you to drive through. So if you're driving from Salt Lake to Washington... So it's not just residents of Washington. No, anybody on the roads, if you're driving in the state of Washington, you have to have your kid in a booster seat until the age of wow. 13.
0: we have We've got some family in eastern Washington and uh, we the, the the family goes up there from time to time we're going to have to get a booster seat for our
1: 13 year old i mean it's crazy i mean i, I mean our kids i mean uh, my daughter's right at 8 years old and she's like excited to not have to be in a booster seat anymore and being like she want to be in the front seat but like that's crazy that's insane what like, is their reasoning? The because rec- the recommendation from the booster companies is that they should be in it until you're four feet nine, and of course it is from
0: the booster seat. Yeah, company. right. And
1: only ten percent of children at the age of eight are over four feet nine.
0: It's like the it's like the laundry detergent that says, "Oh, you have to use three pods." For every load, right. stop totally, it. Right. This is that's our recommended uh, dosage. Stop it. Right. Booster now. seat sales in Washington are going to be huge. Somebody, <laughs> somebody in booster seats knows the governor up there in the yep, state of somebody's Washington. Somebody's made the game right. That's what's happened there. Big booster seat lobby is that booster seat working overtime huge. up Graco? there? Yeah. That Greco, <laughs> those guys have some serious lobbyists <laughs> up in Washington. Graco, absolutely. Hey, eight uh, five five three four zone. If you want to be part of the show, eight five five three four Let us hear it. Uh, Jeff Subaru has a recall out there now of over 250,000 cars that could lose power while driving.
1: That's the ignition
0: coil? Uh, It says uh, they're recalling certain Crosstrek, Forester, and Ascent SUVs and Impreza hatchbacks and sedans uh, because they could suddenly lose power while driving, which obviously could cause a crash. A faulty part in the engine could allow oil to enter places it shouldn't. Pieces of the part could also separate and damage other engine components which could cause the engine to suddenly lose power. If this happens, drivers would notice an increased amount of tailpipe exhaust, potentially bluish or grayish in color.
1: Yeah, and so the idea of those is it's an inspection. So yeah. we're asking people to come in. We inspect it to see that the, very few of them actually get the repair. But we bring up the, the idea of that recalls you come in, we do the inspection on it, and we move forward.
0: And any time that you hear us talk about a recall and you think, oh, that might be me, it's real easy to find out if it's you go to safercar.gov yep. get out your uh, VIN number off your registration if you can't find it on the car and type that in and it'll tell you if you're uh, part of it but then Jeff the, the best advice you always give people on these recalls is don't just show up at your dealer, at your uh, manufacturer don't just go in there and be like I have a recall, call ahead make an appointment Don't don't be sitting there for hours because you'll just be wasting your time
1: yeah. yeah essentially yeah we need the part so on the especially on the PCV valve one the second one you were talking about it's just they'll inspect the valve and then replace it and then when the new parts in they'll see if it's working and if it's working it's great if it continues to fail then it becomes a bigger issue but like I said most of them are solved by just doing that occasionally it gets to the next level
0: well and so that is I would I would classify this as a baby recall a very a, a pretty simple recall. Yeah, it's not
1: like coming in we're replacing all the motors or anything like that. Or Mercedes
0: is currently going through, I'd call,
1: an adult recall.
0: <laughs> 750, at least 750,000 Mercedes-Benz have been recalled because the sunroof can fly off the top of the car.
1: What? <laughs> it just <laughs> attaches?
0: The cars include the C-Class, E-Class, CLK-Class, and CLS-Class. Made between 01 and 2011, all four vehicles came with an optional sunroof, and the bonding material on those sunroofs can deteriorate, 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 resulting in the sunroof detaching from the car. Affected owners will be contacted by February 14th. But yeah, essentially, your car's going down the highway, and all of a sudden, your roof flies off. <laughs> it's which is no danger to you. It's dangerous to, to all of us. <laughs> yeah, right. So make sure if you're driving uh, a Mercedes-Benz C-Class, E-Class, class and CLS-Class, get on safercar.gov and see if you've yeah, been recalled. But
1: like I said, every recall, make sure you call the retailer first and make sure they have parts. <laughs> Do not just try and show up. We literally had someone show up yesterday for a recall. Walked into the sales desk. <laughs> literally walked to the sales desk, hands an envelope to it. My sales manager goes, "What does this mean?" Oh, he goes, "You have a recall, sir. Let we'll me walk you down the service department. We'll schedule an appointment for you." <laughs> like, yeah, don't just show up. You'll be fine. Yeah, if be, it's uh, a dangerous situation, you'll give one, him a, was, a,
0: a situation. It was one that was a
1: two or three hour recall, so we, we end up making an appointment and going to have to come back. But like, don't waste your time. Yeah, call the store, get yourself an appointment. How
0: please. far are we into the Takata fixes? Oh my gosh, are we still dealing with that? How long will we be seen? Takata fixes. (laughs) It'll never stop. (laughs)
1: Oh, that's too bad. Oh, there's another one coming. We we, we haven't talked about this yet, I don't think. I don't think so. So uh, this is a story on CNET right now. On the 13th of December, another Takata airbag recall takes shape. Could affect 100 million inflators. What?
0: That's every car. Pretty much. That's every car you see.
1: Yeah, pretty much. A hundred million. Yeah, so basically Bloomberg reported on Thursday that the clock is ticking for a supplier that absorbed Takata, TK services. They have until December thirty first to show that the chemical drying agent used in the replacement airbags is safe for motorists. So they're reviewing to see if what the replacement airbags they've been putting in didn't work either. Hmm.
0: Terrific. Was that because of negligence or just They didn't know.
1: It was trial and error. Seems like... So so, so the issue could affect 100 million inflators and it would be another stinging blow to automakers. The original problem found in the Dakota airbags, which were responsible for multiple deaths and injuries, were dealt with in 2015. That's when inflators used ammonium nitrates were banned. So basically what they did is any inflator that had ammonium nitrate in it, they banned those inflators. So the units with a chemical drying agent were never recalled while the automakers studied how they performed in the long term. The particular chemical was used in airbags starting in 2008, and found its way into the replacement airbags during the initial Takata recalls. Hmm. They failed to show that the chemical agent is safe enough through independent testing. Jeez. So. What a mess. Yeah. So I mean, we've already started replacing airbags that we already replaced because the new bag of airplanes can't have ammonium nitrate.
0: But they had them in some of them, in the in the replacement. Yes. Jeez. No. Oh. You're poor technician. Because without that <laughs>
1: propellant, moisture could cause the airbag to exploit or underinflate and spew shrapnel at the passenger. That's what happened.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound comfortable. No. Have shrapnel. Not a good idea. Burning through the car onto your face. No, thank you. All right, so 100 million more coming down the the, the turn. There, there are
1: a few more airbags coming. Just a, just a handful. Uh, we're getting. If it makes you feel any better, we're getting really good at it. Are oh, you? Yeah. Yeah, we're really getting really we're good just at getting those along, airbags I mean. out, airbag in, <laughs> done, move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. I got guys that can do 10 or 12 a day, which essentially means they're disabling and replacing 10 or 12 bombs a day. Yeah. When it first came out, we talked about it on the show. Is like our techs were scared to death to do an airbag. It's like the Hurt Locker. Yeah. Like no one's like, I don't take a bomb apart. Like, really? Like, you want me to do this? Like, do I get hazard pay for this? Like now, it's like every day. It's
0: like is there our, like a suit I need to uh, wear. It's like our entry level guys
1: are doing airbag replacements.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable! Uh, there is legislation and bills that have been appearing ahead of, in front of the U.S. House and Senate that would make ignition interlocks standard feature in all cars. Like the meaning, bl- you have to blow in a breathalyzer. Yeah, going to happen in every new car that your car will not start until you breathe into that and it says you're clear to drive the car. Mothers Against Drunk Driving has pushed for making these machines standard-issue in new vehicles, arguing they will save lives. While it's not a perfect system, some think the legislation makes a good deal of sense. Drunk Driving is responsible for about 30% of all U.S. road fatalities, so anything that could put a real dent in that number should be strongly considered. However, the, the trade-off isn't really there. The price of failing a breath test is time. Your car won't start for a certain amount of time. However, here's the situation. Let's say they did this, Jeff. Let's say they said, all right, every new car gets an interlock system. You cannot drive that car if, you're, if you've had too much alcohol in your, in your system. Okay. So let's say... Your, uh, uh, let's say your wife doesn't drink. Okay. But you do. You go to a a party. You have too much to drive. She had none. She says, I'll drive us home. You get home and she suddenly has an accident where she can no longer, where you need to get to the hospital. An emergency. You can't then drive her to the emergency room because the thing on your car will tell you you can't drive. And so, anyway, it, uh, that, now that's a that's a very specific example. Mm-hmm. But why should we just say this this amount of the population has a problem with There's doing a small things wrong? So why would you
1: make so everyone else's life? Yeah, that's why. It's exactly. not, that's why it will never pass. Will it save lives?
0: Probably. Mm-hmm. But it could cost lives too. But just because just because someone once murdered somebody. The rest of the world doesn't suddenly have to never uh, be allowed to have any kind of opportunity that, you know, oh, you can't own a, a letter opener because someone murdered someone with a letter opener. No, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. So I don't think that this will go very far. I hope it doesn't go very far. But, listen, and we do this all the time, uh, when you are going out to celebrate or have a good time, Fine. Do it. But Uber
1: costs dollars. Yeah. Take Uber. Take Lyft. I don't if you're gonna if you're gonna be drinking, don't drive.
0: It usually costs the uh, the the amount of two or three more drinks yeah. to get home. Totally. Uh, a ten thousand dollar bail
1: Yeah, if we're going anywhere is not worth it. If we're ever going anywhere even out for dinner if we're gonna have a couple glasses of wine like that, we take it we take an Uber. It's
0: just cause. Just not worth it. You could probably be fine to drive. Probably. But With why risk it? Why risk it? Yeah.
1: And Especially then you can enjoy yourself as more. As convenient as Uber and Lyft and all those services are, it's so easy to get a ride from one of those places. And
0: I know non drinkers who will take Lyft and Uber places just so they don't have to, don't have
1: to worry about that kind and of have stuff. To park and work no parking, your car and...
0: yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And they can enjoy the socializing more on the ride to and from. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, such a great invention. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the ride sharing apps. So that's what we need to focus more on. Perhaps we need to have even more opportunity for public transportation, public rideshare, government sustained, uh, supported type. Uh, but then, of course, that means more taxes. So that's mm. probably not going to fly. Yeah, I, I think the odds of a interlock law being passed are pretty low. Seems pretty radical. It seems pretty crazy. All right, coming up in hour two here on Utah Car Sense: five cars that were awarded Car of the Year. In 2019, what happens when you get trapped in a car wash? And a Utah man has made international headlines for doing something we've talked about many times on this show before. I don't, I, I would like to ask Ben Workman if he heard this idea on the show and decided to do it. He has put something into his body that the world is taking notice of. We'll talk about it next on Utah Car Sense. <laughs> Nothing feels better than giving love away. That's why Subaru created the Share the Love event over a decade ago and